Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Jess Rodriguez from Beyond join us. Jess, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Thanks so much, Shauna. My name is Jess Rodriguez. I am the Senior Sales Enablement Manager at Beyond. And what we do is we work in the short-term vacation rental space, and we help property managers and hosts yet grow and keep their revenue. Fantastic. Well, we're excited to have you here, Jess. Now, in addition to your sales enablement experience, one of the things that I thought was really cool about your background is that you're also a professionally trained actor and have coined yourself as the improv girl. How does your experience in improv influence your approach to sales enablement? This is a great question. And, you know, there's a, a lot of ways that I can answer it. Um, but, but really, both improv and enablement are about creativity and the willingness to, and the ability to adapt and learning to really see and feel and embody whatever project or program that you're working on, right? So anyone that has done improv gets into it for a different reason. Some really like the opportunity to create, some want to make people laugh, others do it to maybe build their confidence. And I think Mine was a combination of the three, but regardless of why you do it, what you get out of improv are these magical moments of experiencing what it's like to take an idea or a concept and not only bring it to life, but to see how far you can go with it. So in improv, you go from, let's say, talking about taking a trip to the beach, right? That's the maybe the scene that you're provided with. And you're then tasked with acting out this trip to the beach. And if you want it to be good and you want the scene to really resonate with your audience, you have to make yourself believe and act like you are at the beach. So maybe you're thinking through like the details about packing, you're holding your you know figurative beach hat when the wind blows, uh, you're feeling your toes in the sand, but It's just like a real trip to the beach that you could experience a tidal wave mid-scene and you have to roll with it. So having the familiarity and taking things from an idea and putting them into an action to really just embrace every part of that idea and learning to pivot has made a major impact on how I actually approach sales enablement and the programs that I work with. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Now, what are maybe some improv skills that could help sales reps improve their performance? I love this question. Um, It's one that I get a lot. And I think, you know, I think people hear improv and sales and they automatically assume we're going to use improv to teach people how to be better at a specific sales skill, right? Like negotiating or objection handling or demoing a product. And you can, you can absolutely do that. But I think we have to look at what it takes now for someone to be a great seller. Uh, I read actually in uh, the Sales Enablement Pro's report on enabling the future of selling. It stated that some of the top priorities for, some, for salespeople um, would be learning to collaborate and how to create very personalized journeys for their prospects and customers. So what we know is that it actually take something quite different today for for sellers to be really great. And it's gone beyond these like very standard sales skills. 
it's it's really about having the ability to connect with that prospect or that customer to understand their story, their motivations, their pain points, their goals, and then be able to communicate how their product or service not only fits into that story, but actually makes it better. So what better way to improve that ability to learn that story, tell that story than with improv? (laughs) I think about the skills that improv has taught me and what I've applied in my career. And I think what really comes to mind first would be listening, which sounds very basic, but it is so essential. I think about something called characterization. And as I mentioned, I think about storytelling as well. I love those elements. And what are some of your improv techniques for training salespeople to be more effective at listening and responding to customers' needs? Mm, Great question. So let's start with listening. There is one technique that I use consistently. um, Every workshop, keynote, presentation that I've done starts with explaining and demonstrating something called yes and. So one of the first things that you're taught at improv is this concept of yes and, and it represents the mindset that no matter what someone says or does in a scene, you have to accept it with a literal or figurative yes, and then you add to it, okay? The reason it's so important is during improv, it prohibits you from going into a scene with this premeditated agenda of how the scene is going to go because you can't control what your scene partner will do or say, right? That's like the fun in improv. So that means you go into this scene with zero expectations. When I think about why sales reps struggle with something like listening, I think it's because they go into this quote unquote scene or their conversations with an agenda and with an expectation of what's going to happen, right? They've done this before. This is their eighth demo of the week. And they feel like they know what Susan from company A is going to express as pain points or obstacles, right? So they're anticipating how this will go and they're unintentionally closing themselves off to something that could be a really great conversation. So when you go into a scene with zero expectations, it forces you to be what I call powerfully present in that scene. So you will naturally start to pay attention not only to what is being said, but the body language, those nonverbal cues that you're getting. And when you think about listening, that's what you have to do. Listening means you are really just powerfully present in in what what is happening in that scene. Now for the second part of your question, you know, responding to customers' needs. Uh, What I didn't tell you about yes and is the and part of that means that there has to be this logical connection for what you add to the scene, right? So let's say, for example, you start out the scene in the kitchen and you decide that the kitchen has caught on fire. (laughs) That's logical. Quite unfortunate, but it's logical. So if you start in the kitchen and then you decide you're on the moon, that's not a logical connection. So at that point, you're doing what we call going for the laugh and you're not actually thinking about the common good of the scene. So let me kind of bring it all back together here. As a seller, I think about how to respond to a customer's needs in a way that is for the common good of that scene, right? The common good of 
their goals, their objectives, not my own objectives as a seller. And that can be really hard because we want to feel prepared. We want to be viewed as the expert, the consultant, the one with all the answers. So you think about maybe how you do this. How do I go into this conversation with no agenda or expectations, but still being able to act as an expert or, or um, consultant? And my response to you would be that you prepare. So in improv, they tell you to expose yourself to as many cultures, uh, references, characters, news articles, like happenings in the world as you can, because it makes you well-rounded. It will set you up for success when you're in a scene, someone throws something out there at you because you have to accept it, right? And you have to know what to kind of say and do next to effectively respond in that scene. So in sales, I think about all the resources that we have out there for us, talk tracks, playbooks, competitor news or information, right? Lean on the resources that your marketing or your enablement teams have given you to prepare for those conversations. But overall, when you're going in, don't go in with that expectation or that agenda, and that will make you a better listener and make you more equipped to respond in a way that really makes an impact for the person you're speaking to. I think that is phenomenal advice. I can't tell you how many times I feel like that's exactly what what reps struggle with because they're they're more concerned about what they're going to say next than actually listening um, to the customer and expanding upon their needs. So I think that's that's fantastic advice. And I love the analogy that you drew there. Now, for for I think for sales enablement, um, one of the tools that we use is kind of that manager rep role play. Um, it's it's you know a relatively common tool to use in the sales training world. Uh, I would love to understand from you how because um, that that does feel a little like almost improv. How can improv be used in those scenarios to help managers better coach their teams? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, let's let's talk about role playing. Um, First of all, it really breaks my heart for role-playing because it just seems to have a very bad reputation, right? (laughs) Um, People don't seem to like it. Um, I have a theory, but I'm curious, like as a sales enablement person, why do you think that is? Well, for for me personally, I think I get a little bit of stage fright, Uh, but but for others, maybe it, it feels a little scripted. It feels unnatural because it's something that we're not used to doing. Yes. Yes. I, I, I completely agree. And the stage fright element is, is very real. And I think valid across, uh, for many, for many individuals, you know, um, I remember the first time I did role playing in sales training as a salesperson, it was my very first like real onboarding with an organization. It was classroom style. There were probably 30 people in the class. And when the instructor said we'd be doing role playing, my, actor self was thrilled. I was so excited. I was like, this is my moment. I'm so great at this. Give me the scenario, the background, a minute, and I'll be ready, right? Then about 30 seconds in, I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't feel right. This is uncomfortable. I don't understand like what's happening right now. And then when we finished, the instructor like threw all this feedback at us. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Shauna, when you said that it feels so scripted because when I think about why that experience is really bad, 
there's two things that that took place. One is it wasn't a real life scenario, right? We're told that it's supposed to be this like creative exercise designed to help you practice. But, you know, it's not uncommon for the person on the other side to be either silly or not fully invested or, you know, saying things that a prospect or customer would never say. We've all kind of experienced that, right? And or your instructor has very specific things they're looking for as far as responses, which doesn't make sense either because every prospect and customer is different. So how can how can someone say with confidence, this is absolutely how you should have responded? Are you, are you with me on those two as like reasons? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think I agree that, you know, oftentimes role-playing is a challenge because it feels like a waste of time. And what I would tell a manager or any sales enablement person is that your reps will only get out of role-playing as much as the sales leader is willing to put into it. So there's a few techniques on improv that come to mind. I actually have a whole guide about this on my website um, for anyone that would like to dig in further. But the three things that I would look at first is lean into that character. So that means that the person acting like the prospect or customer needs to embody the prospect or the customer. So if you don't have buyer personas to work from as a sales manager, I would encourage you to go create your own. In one of my previous roles, this there was an activity we had our reps create um, create their own buyer personas, and they had this whole backstory, and they named their prospect, and they, you know, we let them Google a photo and pick a random photo of a person, identified their pain points, right? Really let them create this this persona. And then we use those personas throughout the onboarding uh, kind of as a round robin. So everyone had experience with different personas, but it gave the person playing that character like some strong roots and foundations in who they were embodying. The second thing I would tell a sales manager is to be self-aware. You know, One of the first things I, I always did after any performance, even after training, is I go back and I watch the recording. And let me tell you, Shauna, it is painful and it is not fun, <laughs> but you know, you make notes about how you can improve. I look at my delivery, my demeanor, my facial expressions, and then of course, specifics of what I said. And then I know what to work on. I'm seeing it in for myself. I'm not just being told by someone else like, hey, your training would have been a lot better if you would have done X, Y, Z. So what I would recommend for, for a sales manager is have your seller listen to a call or watch a recent demo, and then come to the session for role-playing with notes on where and how they would like to improve. And then use that time, that role-playing session time, to practice those areas. This not only will help them really take ownership, right, because they've spent time prepping, but it also just gives them some control of what they want to work on versus being told by someone else where they're struggling. And then... The last thing I would say is really embrace this idea that there are no mistakes in role-playing. There's only opportunities. So I think we have to remember that role-playing really should not be about assessing or looking for required outcomes. We're not looking for the reps to say specific things or ask specific questions. It should be about providing this very positive, safe, and supportive space for them to practice a skill. 
I always tell people, think of your favorite person to hang out with. They're probably the ones that make you feel smart and funny and interesting and important, right? Make your seller feel like that and role-playing won't be as daunting. I love that. And I, I think you're absolutely right. A psychologically safe environment also, I think, would produce tremendously better outcomes in, in that role-playing scenario. Now, you have experience designing improv based team building activities. I would love to learn more about how that type of team building drives collaboration and communication between team members and, and whether there's actually anything I can, you know, maybe try at my next team meeting. Yeah, yeah. I love working with teams. It's it's a lot of fun. There is a lot of that scary part of like being in front of people, right? For sometimes for attendees. But, you know, when I think about the workshops, have you ever attended a, a training or a workshop where let's say the focus was communication, right? And they put together like a deck and you're talking through like what it means to communicate different styles of communication, how to apply in the workplace, right? But it's it's mostly like a, a, a presentation. Does that sound familiar at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're trying to drive something like collaboration or communication, a slide deck is not the way to do it. And that's because Collaboration and communication can be, I think, very vulnerable things to acknowledge a team is struggling with, right? If you give them this slide deck that explains five things they need to do to collaborate or, you know, the top four communication styles in the workplace, that's not going to break down that barrier of what got them there in the first place, right? Like that barrier that's causing them to not communicate or collaborate. They need to experience it. So what's really magical about using improv for team building is that you start off with breaking down those walls. Um, In my workshops, the first thing we do is we play an improv game. Before we've pulled up any slide deck or any slides, you know, any presentation within the first five minutes of the start without even being told how to do it or that they have to do it. People are laughing together. They're working together. They're being creative together. So they're starting to experience what it actually feels like when they do communicate and they work together. And then by the end, they've had 45 minutes of that experience and, again, have felt and seen what what it happens and what it looks like when, when they are working effectively. And because of how the games are structured and the content is structured, they'll also experience what it feels like and the impact it has on everyone when they don't actually work together and communicate. So again, it's it's really about getting them to experience it for themselves, put themselves in that seat and not just telling them how to do it. I love that. Just last question to close for you. In your own career, how has this improv training helped you advance your career in enablement? Yeah, that's a thank you for that question. I owe a lot to my improv training and uh, you know, the the directors I've had, the teams I've worked with. I mentioned earlier in our conversation that regardless of why you do improv, what you get out of doing improv are these magical moments of experience, right? And in my keynote, I speak about having what I call an improv mindset and how I've used these foundations like yes and to really be a driver throughout my life. And so improv has given me the confidence to take on new challenges, new opportunities, because 
through those magical moments and through those experiences, I've been able to see how incredible something can be when I say yes to it. I love that. And I love that say yes approach. Well, just thank you so much for saying yes to being on this podcast. I greatly appreciate your insights that you shared today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.